and welcome back to the book and life podcast today we're going to have a brand new book guest on whether they're an author an editor a producer you'll never quite know so you're in for one hell of a ride but today i just have to uh do the adverts and then i'll get us straight into that most important conversation and as as we do every week um i'm going to read the shadow which is part of the Time Guardian series, and this is book four from Marianne Curley. The battle is over, the war is won. The prophecy complete, but life can't just pick up where it left off for even, struggling to cope with tragic loss, at odds with friends in the guard. He finds himself adrift, jumping in shadows and sensing someone who can't possibly be there. Blaming herself for the goddess Athena's death, Giselle swears revenge to fullify the immortal's plan for world domination, but Giselle hadn't planned on love, and that leaves her with an unbearable choice. Should she follow her heart or the strings of a goddess short on praise but high on expectation, who continues to pull her from the grave? As the guard and the order battles through the past and into an impossible future, darkness looks around every corner. The fight for the world's survival rests with just one. Is it friend or foe who stands in the shadow? And just a reminder that The Price of Freedom by Rosemary Aiken, sorry, Rosemary Rowan, um, is being donated to the Ukraine refugee crisis. And here's the blurb for her book. It's uh, one of her... Roman British crime series, which was written under her maiden name. All editions can be found online where all books are sold, even her agents donating her commission. Sorry, I don't have the blurb for that, but uh, that's that's what she's doing. And now, without further ado, let's get you to the guests. So welcome uh, everybody. I have been so excited to have this person on. He, to me, was absolutely amazing when I read him. I, you all know about the review that I, I did already, um, and it this is a an exciting one for me because we will be releasing this in October, so you guys are getting a one off special. Um, but so without further ado, I am going to introduce you to somebody that I think. It should actually just have the title of Godfather of Crime, not uh, not Swedish Godfather of Crime. He's the Godfather of Crime, and uh, yeah, he has a he's living somewhere that I absolutely adore, and it ties in with my roots, um, and where I'm from, and I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, so without further ado, everyone meet Hanka Nesser. Did I get that right? Well, well, pretty good. I mean, I know my first name is not for foreigners, but but yeah. I don't know why, because my parents probably didn't want me to or didn't expect me to go to live in New York and London, etc. But still, in New York, they used to call me because Hawken is the... Oh, the, okay. Hawken, yeah. yeah. If you think of a hawk and you try to to stop him being a hawk, you say unhawk, and then you switch it to Hawken. But I mean, oh. in New York, they called me Mr. Nesser because I couldn't get around to it. But never mind, <laughs> Hawken, good enough. Well, I mean, it's so funny because I'm, I've got the Scandinavian blood because I come from the Shetland Islands. 
yeah. Um, yeah. So it's weird for me because a lot of my old dialect I used to speak has Nordic in it. Yeah, I know. And there is a scattering of, of Swedish words in there. Uh, some Russian too, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, Russian? And yeah, my my, my parents didn't expect me to be a, a writer. Uh, <laughs> I was the black sheep of the family on that one. Um, but yeah, sheep. no, I love it. I And I love the fact that we're actually getting Scandinavian people coming on um, because it's really good to kind of broaden everybody's perspective. And I know from our sort of numbers so far, we're doing really well in Texas and we're doing really well in the UK. So you'll, you'll get broad coverage with this. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm interested with the Shetlands. I, I went to, to Lerwig once from, from Aberdeen and re looking at the map, realizing that, that, oh my God, Shetlands is closer to Oslo than anything else. So it's, it it's is. Yeah. Nordic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's so funny because we had, um, we had a couple of guys that took two jet skis and tried to jet ski from Faroe to Shetland. Let's uh -huh. just say they didn't quite make it. Um, no. But the boys in the fishing boats, they went out, they got them, they took them back. <laughs> uh, you know, that's just the Shetland way. Like, you know, fishing is our, our kind of life's blood. Um, and it for, for the longest time since the 70s, it's been oil. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole Viking kind of connection. Every, like everyone in Shetland says we're not Scottish or mm -hmm. Nordic or, yeah. you know, you know, so everyone feels connected that way, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, and, and you have this these festivals with the the uh, what you call it on the longest day that with the midsummer celebration, etc. that we have. We've got um, mid yeah, it's it's the midsummer one is. Oh, gosh, I've forgotten the name of it now. We have yeah. Uphelia and oh, it's something that I'm trying to remember the English term because if I say the, the Shetland word, no one's going to get it. But yeah, it's uh, like a midsummer's feast. Yeah. And then it's, we have the kind of feast, a craziness. Which is... you, you, you get wild because of the because the sun doesn't come down and you get yeah. sort of it it makes your <laughs> it mixes your head up in a way. I'm not sure, but anyway, it it do, it does, and it you know it's weird because it's a bit like being in Lapland because at yeah. winter time we don't get the sunlight. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, I mean, I'm, but I realize that it's it's not that far north because I mean the Shetlands are are on the same level as Stockholm, for instance. So yeah, it, uh, it is, but um, it feels well, further yeah, north. Yeah, yeah, for I you, think. of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. And I I hate the fact we have no trees. You have no trees. Yeah. You took them down. Well, no, no. <laughs> it's because the, the island gets battered with the wind and the salt uh -huh. so much, trees don't really survive. So we're, we're an island with a very fancy tree surgeon who's trying to get trees to grow there. Yeah. Not really getting but, them but above bush sure level you yet. You didn't so. used to have trees in the old days because it's the same thing yeah. with Iceland and you, because they don't have trees, but they, they had trees, but then they cut them down to build these Viking ships. So That's they, exactly it. Yeah. 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 But and of course, there were other trees on Shetland. Yeah, yeah. And we've got we've got the peat. You'll know about peat field. Yeah. Um. So we have that. Um. And I think every Shetland home used to have a burner in it, yeah. for burning the peats. Um. Mm. I actually miss that smell because I stay on the mainland of Scotland and they don't have that here. I miss that and I miss like the recent mutton that you get in mm. winter time. That was one but of my favorites you, growing up. Are you sit, where are you sitting now? Are you sitting in Scotland or in, in, in England? 
Where are I'm you? in Stirling, which is yeah. uh, Stirling Castle. So I'm just down from there. Uh, and it's it's beautiful here. Yeah. I love the trees. And I have a home that's like all trees. I, I'll send me. you. I'll send you a Christmas tree if I remember. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that would be lovely. I have two cats, so it's weird when I get the Christmas tree. I kind of have to tie yeah. it to the floor <laughs> to stop them. I know. I know. Pulling it I, over. We got we got three cats, but it's it, yeah. I know it's complicated, but you're yeah. gonna, you have to put the stuff high up so you don't, they can't reach it. But but yeah. Yeah, I, I've got one that's. I've got one I call I call him the terrorist that because he's just a little nightmare. Um, oh. if he can get into something that you shouldn't be involved in, you're guaranteed to find him. He's just he was astray when he was born, and he's three years old now, but he still has those little tendencies. Yeah, sure. And I think really like the many times I've had to reach down and grab him by his scruff and pull him out. <laughs> they're unpredictable in a way because they can lick you and be nice and then suddenly they hug you so yeah it's, we have a dog we have a dog as well and it's totally different you can trust him but you can never trust a cat but no him, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my husband uh he got both his ears whacked with oh. our oldest he just jumped on the back of his chair and he was nuzzling him and being all lovey-dovey and yeah. the next thing i saw was the two front paws coming up smacking him both in you know each year yeah. and then taking off and i was like i can't believe he just did that like <laughs> what kind of a cat is it is is it a special breed or some no they're just pet? mongrels uh one yeah, is yeah. absolutely pure white yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. ginger uh and he thinks he knows everybody loves him and he adores him and he's got yeah. he's still got that really baby face going on even though he's like five six years old and the other one, he got stuck in a car engine. In a car engine. Yeah, that's how they found him. Oh. He, he'd he'd gone in through this woman's uh engine to get warm because the mum had abandoned him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he got stuck. And then they started the the engine. Yep, and they heard him, and oh. luckily she did hear him because he had gotten yeah, yeah, otherwise he would have gotten cooked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he he's months. funny because he's he's total daredevil. He's been up on the roof uh, at my parents' house in Shetland. My mom had opened the windows upstairs and forgotten to close the doors. And the next thing my dad saw was the shadow of of the cat yeah. walking along the edge of the roof. Yeah, yeah. And he panicked. He was like, "Oh my god, what did?" He'd never had a cat before, so he didn't I mean, know what to are, do. But they so. have nine lives, and they're aware of it. They can waste a few lives just being daredevils. So, so it's it's not a problem for them. Oh yeah, uh, Crystal needed a new heart, though. Huh? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. "This guy kill him." Uh, he was chasing crows. Hmm? He was chasing a crow. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. He yeah, thought yeah, he but, could I kill mean, this have, crow. On Gotland, where I live, we have a number of rabbits, and they. I mean, sometimes they come in. They want to bring it inside. I mean, that's what yeah. they do. So as a present for me. But then, and uh, sometimes you find in the bathtub, you find the, a half the rabbit, which is not very nice. No. Good if you no. find it before you put the water in. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, my youngest one has gotten into the habit of climbing into the bath with me. Yeah, very good. Swimming. Yeah, and I'm like, I, the first time he did it, I was like, oh, go he's just falling in and then the next time he did it i kind of looked at him and said you're not supposed to like water oh, what are he, you doing 
And he he still to this day I have to close the bathroom door and lock oh, yeah, it, yeah, sure, sure. or he gets in with me. It is hilarious. <laughs> However, I do think boundaries is needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I will um I don't think you've seen the review that I did for um the axe what? woman, but I gave it five out of five. I That's absolutely good. adore it. Thank you so it. much. Yeah, um, I've I've seen a couple of reviews that they said before my publishing house, and they're they seem pretty pretty much yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm very picky um, because I really like characters to be realistic, I think. And I, I get in trouble with that quite often um, because to me, a character should be 3D. They should have that kind of multiple edges where they're not just all bad and they're not just all good. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I really felt that in yours. I really felt that kind of human connection. And it was like reading about a real person to me, which made it absolutely fantastic. Um, and that's what I said. You know, I, I gave you like it was like a half hour review um, on the podcast about how much I loved it. Um, so, yeah, it I, I it's the first book this year. I truly just absolutely enjoyed. I've just been able to say it and go, yeah, I really love this. Um so yeah, and I've done a couple of reviews for for big publishers this year, and yours was the the top one that I loved. So yeah, thank you, thanks a lot. But I mean, that's the that's my aim. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. to to be psychologically truthworthy and to 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 sort of create real people. I mean, black and white is not a it's too easy. I mean, I mean, every, I mean, if a bad guy commits bad things, where is the surprise and where is the psychology into it? So it's I mean, but I mean. And you should be, hopefully, you should be able to identify in one way or the other with any character, at least understand him or her. That this is a, this is yeah. a, this is a way that a human could act in in certain circumstances. So so yeah, I love the the way that you took that female angle in the last one in the axe woman. I thought yeah. that was so well done because I know sometimes writing from a different, you know, from the opposite sex, sort of, yeah perspective can be really hard because you've not lived it so it can no, be no. that little bit harder to slip uh, into it true i haven't lived it but but still i mean i don't think the uh if you're a writer you you need to be able to get into the head of different Anything. kinds of people yeah. For a 14 year old boy or a 70 year old woman it, it doesn't really yeah. matter i mean but the the crucial thing is to to dare to take the step into somebody else and whether yes. it's he or a she or it's a young person or an old person it doesn't really matter but but when you take this step, you need to you need to to believe that you are able to understand this person. And and I mean, we are able to understand each other. We have this. We share the same psychology. I mean, and yeah. I mean, men and and women are of course we're we're different. But what to eighty ninety percent we're we're the same psychology. I mean, we have the same psychology, etc. So, uh, yeah. but I'm 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 glad that you appreciate it. Really, thank you. I mean, I could see the craftsmanship in it, and I could see just how much realism that you you poured into it, and especially with me doing, I'm doing a BA honors at the moment in writing, and I decided to sign up for an eight week course in forensic science, which I thought, oh, that'll help me with my writing. <laughs> 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 Not what I thought I was getting myself in for. 
No, but, but you're was... welcome to you. I mean, you say a good writer steals, a bad writer just takes a loan, but you're you're welcome to steal. I, I did. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you don't steal a person. You 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 steal, you steal a way of expressing something. You steal a way yeah. of a language thing or whatever. So, and I'm I, I must point out that my my British translator said her death. She's a wonderful translator, I think. And she is. Yeah. I used to have uh, another one, and he died unfortunately. He was very good also. But when when yeah. Sarah took on my first novel, I realized that this is this is it. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, of we course, we all have one of those books where it's like oh my god this is it I've not had my book yet that, that gives me that moment of this is it um but yeah I mean I've been writing 13 years and yeah. every year I feel like I learn something else because yeah. I've written I've written YA and I've written romance and I've written sports romance and sports romance sports romance what's that sports romance yeah it's about a footballer pick... falling in love with a with a female tennis player, or what is it? Yeah, kind of. Like you would have <laughs> a big football star who yeah. falls in love with this ordinary person, and it's almost like the story of them coming together and why that relationship works yeah. and why they can get a happy ending out of it. Uh, I took it one step further, and I decided to do it pro wrestling romance. Mm. Um, that was a much bigger step than I realized I was taking because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I had grown up in that wrestling world of the wrestling world what do you yeah. think the wrestling world or the... yeah no I, I have wrestling friends um uh -huh. I actually spent a lot of time training under a wrestling writer uh -huh. and I did it because I wanted to be able if you ever watch it wrestlers have eight minutes a week to tell a story yeah. And their characters are really 3D and it's not just, you know, they're not one sided. And some of them play really amazing psychological games. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to learn how to get that 3D character. Yeah. So I went and I trained and I hated my training the entire time I was doing it because I'm not very good with nostalgic men. But I got through it and I was proud of myself for doing it. And I started working with a wrestler and I co-wrote a book with him and I just kind of continued it on. Um, there was only one other person in the world ever wrote sort of a, a wrestling romance and funnily enough, she's passed away now. So I'm it. I'm the only one keeping oh, it going, oh, but yeah, it's yeah. popular. You get, I get spurts where people will buy it and they'll be like, Oh yeah, this is brilliant. And then I get spurts where, you know, it's dead. Um, but that's the joy of being an indie author is, is, is having yeah, that yeah. roller coaster. But it's also it's good to find a niche that nobody else <laughs> uh, wrote in. So it's a exactly. genre that is sort of a one book genre. Interesting. It, uh, it yeah. is. It's just me. <laughs> um, but the sports romance itself is a it's a vast because yeah. you have really big publishers doing uh, NFL and soccer and football. Yeah, I mean, and... I, of course, I, I I get the idea. Of course, it's a, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I just wasn't lucky enough to get picked by a big publisher, but I decided I was going to bring just something new to the table that hadn't been done before. Um, and that that's how I got into it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, arthritis was a great thing because it took me off the, I was going to be a midwife. Uh, I was going to do the whole reliable job thing. Mm -hmm. And then I, of course, I've had a write since I was two and a half and my body was like, no, <laughs> you're not doing this. So I had to learn to do something at home.
yeah, sure. writing became that for me. It became <laughs> my sanctuary in the nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I think I think right all of us find that kind of we all have to find that one place of yeah, yeah who yeah. we are and stuff. Sure, it grows sure. with us. <laughs> yeah, but I mean you you're still young. You might you might still <laughs> become a midwife. I'm not sure, but but uh... yeah. You know, I, I I have been told by the doctors that, that I can never work uh like proper jobs. Um, which was heart wrenching. But it doesn't stop me. I'm one of these uh no, no, no. awful people that never stops. Yeah. No, it's the, the uh I mean, who said it's gonna be easy? I mean it's it's complicated. I mean writing writing a novel is probably one of the most complicated things you you can you can yeah. get into. So it's uh, and and uh Perhaps writing a crime novel or another genre novel in a good way, it's uh, it's not easy. And of course, it's yeah. it's problem to, to to write a bad novel. That's not a problem to write a bad. There are so many bad crime novels. So, you oh know. gosh, yeah, there really yeah, is. Yeah, sure. But they publish too many, and that's and people buy too many and read too many. So, so I think in Sweden, which is a small country with ten million people, I think we we publish every year more than three hundred new crime wow. novels, which is ridiculous. Because I mean. 30 would be enough or 50 would be enough. Yeah. Least. Some of them. But I mean, that's the year. But I mean, if you want to be a writer in Sweden these days, I mean, you you, you start out either you're a very, very, very serious writer or you, you start out as a crime writer because then you at least you get published. Yeah. And, and then, it, yeah, you can kind of move on from yeah. there. Uh, so between 25 and 40 percent of all fiction novels here in the UK yeah. is crime. Yeah, look at it, the bestseller list. You, you see uh, 10 books. I mean, they're, they're more than yeah. half are sort of crime stories or true crime or whatever. Yeah. And most of the most of the guests I have on are either children's authors, romance authors, or crime authors. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I get very few that'll come on that do something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because it's, I, I have a lot of friends in crime and I have they kind of been pressuring me to do one for years. I wrote an incredible crime story but they told me it was too dark. Too dark. <laughs> too dark. And uh-huh. uh, they wouldn't publish What's... it. And it was about a 20-year-old boy that snaps. You know, uh-huh. he just uh-huh. loses his mind one day. He is, you know, he's been pushed too far. He's gone through too much and the trauma makes him snap. And he blows up his local high school. And then he uh-huh. goes on this killing spree and he gets involved with, <laughs> or of cybercrime and he uses yeah. cybercrime to keep getting away mm-hmm. and to kind of abduct people that he cares about because in his mind he's protecting them yeah yeah yeah. but, but the but outside I mean, world he's just killing you know he's just killed a whole school yeah. of people yeah, so in their I mean, mind they do that. Like, i mean yeah. this is what's happening in the world so but i mean are you sure they gave you the right motive, the, the right for, for saying it was too dark? Because I never heard yeah. of, a, of a crime story being too dark. I mean, I've Amer- never heard of American it either. Psycho, yeah. et cetera. I mean, they are as dark as you can imagine. I mean, I thought, I thought, oh, it's like a Stephen King, probably dark. Um, but yeah, they said, no, you know, we can't publish this. This will get banned <laughs> in every country possible. And I was like, okay. Because it is that kind of, <coughs> he has that coldness, but his entire operation is taken down by one girl, the girl he loved in high school. Yeah. 
So it's it you know that was the linchpin for the whole story was was following her journey and his journey and the you know the head-on collision that comes with that. No, but I mean that's the uh, but I mean the the, that somebody snaps because of a girl that's uh, that's not unusual. I mean it's the I mean depending on how much you snap if you snap. Yeah, so I I kind of like the idea of of going inside the mind of a terrorist and thinking, well, why would somebody want to do this? You know, because yeah. we see all the time these awful things happening, and I wanted to kind of make people realize that not everyone is evil to the core; that they are <laughs> is a reason for everything. There's a reason they make choices and decisions. So yeah, yeah, that's the that was the only psychological thriller I ever wrote, and I I got I got told it was too dark. So it sat in my shelf for a very long time. Maybe one day. Write it and brighten it up with a little sunshine and etc. And then a little. But I, I don't I know how to lighten it. And I I was thinking that the other day. I was like, how do you lighten this? And I just can't think of a way to do it because it, the only way it works is if you're going between the two minds. Um. So yeah, I but I love it. I love the fact that I got to go and write it, and I've written it. You know, mm-hmm. so it was it. One day, maybe the world will be ready for it. I just sure. need to keep it on the shelf. <laughs> it's, it's always a problem to be 200 years ahead of time. Yeah. But, but a, a posthumous a reward when you sit, it, in, when you yeah. sit in heaven and wow, they're publishing my book that I wrote 100 years ago. Perhaps it's yeah. a good if you're up there or down there or wherever you are. Yeah, I, I, I would love to see it. And I think for me, I write every character I write there's a message behind it and I feel that's the same for you every time I pick up one of your books I can feel the characters coming through um and I love that I love just that whole you're like almost the crime writer I would love love to have been um that I admire because I I I'm a big fan of Fiona Cummings I I recommend you uh, have a read of her mm-hmm. and I also like M.W. Craven both are fantastic writers but yours is that more hu- it's more human theirs is that you can imagine it on TV whereas yeah. yours feels like you're actually living it so it's yeah. it's a totally different parallel mm-hmm. um, and I think I said that to the to the publicity woman and she was very Mm. blown away by by the review but yeah so you gotta tell me because this has been bugging me since i read axe woman what what inspired you to write the series what was the the thing that made you go i have to write this um there is a good quote from 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 stephen king and you probably heard it Uh, somebody asks uh, somebody asks him he had a sat in the panel and, and then somebody in the audience asked him why did you have to write this horrible stuff in chapter eight and he said what makes you think i ever had a choice exactly that's, that's how i feel that's yeah. how i feel when i'm writing that, yep. that is the the i had no because when you have these ideas coming you you have so many ideas and then you you just skip them one by one by one and then suddenly this is it and you know this is number five in in, in the series and yeah. um I, I was gifted the whole series, which I'm I'm doing as a, a review spotlight for you, which ah, I've never yeah. done before. And I probably yeah. won't do it again. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm reading the entire series and then I'm going to yeah. 
do a big spotlight for you. But, um, but also, I need I needed to to I, I don't know. I mean, because you do think. I mean, there are so many when you're writing. There are so many dis decisions you have to make. You sort of and and the the way you do it is like, is it good or bad? This do I like it or? Do I, and then when you're trying to analyze, why do I have to do this? You can't find the the analysis because it's it's you don't know why, but you think it's good. If I was a reader, I would love to read it. I mean, yes. that's the way you go about it. And then I wanted him to be in to be in 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 a very sad position from 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 the start, Mr. Barbarotti. And then yeah. yeah, I I love the fact that you did it from the grieving spouse coming, you know, going through that journey. Yeah, because that's that's a real thing that people especially at the moment are dealing with because COVID yes. really has disrupted so many lives. It's oh, changed yes. so many lives. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think it was it was the right book at the right time. Because yeah, it, I think it, it will help so many people. Yeah, I would love to because but the idea also was to to balance, to mirror these two characters, this this the ex-woman and and Mr. Barbarotti to sort of uh to compare them you see that they are in the they're good people basically both of them yeah yeah and she's she's of course squished pushed into a corner where she has to do what she, what, she, what she did yeah uh, and then she takes responsibility for it etc so but i mean i like this uh, i did not see your twist coming i will be 100 most of the books i read i can pick mm, up yeah. where it's going and I thought I knew where it was going. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then I was like, "Wait, no, that's not right." Yeah, <laughs> that totally good. threw yeah, me. Yeah. But yeah, I loved it. And to be honest, it got. I was having some issues with my jaw, and it was fantastic to read it in the hospital because I don't know if you spent time in the hospital, but you don't get peace. And uh, I gave up trying to write in there because they were coming every five minutes and just bugging the hell out of me. But every time I picked up your book, they would vanish. And it was like, oh, peace at last. <laughs> and it was such a good read that I could get totally absorbed in it. And yeah. I wouldn't hear the buzzers and I wouldn't hear, you know, them screaming at each other. Because it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it words here in the that, UK are very that's noisy. What, what books are for. I mean, it's the, yeah. the to 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 be able to step in not not into a a better or, or a more romantic, but to 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 see different worlds. I mean, that's that's yeah. why we write books. That's why we read books. I mean, it's the it's the that's the whole idea that you it, should it, you should be mesmerized somehow. Yeah, and the yeah. thing that I felt was particularly now that I'm doing the forensic course is I feel like you hit the mark every single time. There mm. wasn't a moment where I went. That's mm -hmm. not right, you know. Like mm -hmm. you actually had it bang on and even when I was doing mine I every step I took I sat with a detective in America mm. and I was like mm. is this right is this right is this... Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. I bugged the poor guy to the point where you know it's like is this book ever going to get finished um because that that's what you have to do to get it right because the crime yeah. shows now have made it I would say almost impossible for us to kind of make it up as we go along yeah, yeah. Uh, so now we're having to be a bit more researchy and yeah, yeah. And no, but like I'm that. not. I'm not sure that's. I mean, either you can put it far back in history, then you don't do the research so much. But and and or you can like in my early books, the Farvitru, and I created a fictive country. Then you then you have a freedom. 
Yeah, because then you're not you, like you must be. Yeah, uh, this is not. You must be logic, sort of logical and sort of psychologically truth worthy, and and tell a story that that could happen. Exactly. Uh, but exactly. I mean, as you said, that the but I'm. To me, I mean, reading and writing boils down to the same stuff. Really, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm if, if since I I rewrite so much, I read the book again, 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 again. To thank God there are computers, I can change it. But I mean, I think this is not correct. So, so yeah, I would hate to do it on a typewriter. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I did my first two on the typewriter, and that was like you. And then you realize, oh, they're going to publish the book, and then you. And I need to change six words in this chapter, and you have to rewrite the whole chapter. The whole chapter, yep, so, yep. I so, owned one, and I, I, I think I wrote the first chapter of one of my books on it, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm going to the computer," because <laughs> I, I, I have just yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's a very romantic idea to sit on an old with an old halda, whatever they are called, to a ride, and it's yeah, it's very romantic, but it's not a very good idea because you. But we all have that romantic idea of when we start writing. We go, oh yeah, we'll do, we'll just do this, and it is like kind of, yeah, get yourself into it, and then you're like, no, you know, no. and then you realize no, no. actually it's not learn, practical. Man. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I write, I written, I don't know, thirty five books or whatever. So I mean, you learn, yeah. Of course, this this is the way to do it, and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I love it too in the respect that I've written thirty books. And I think that's just pure determination on my part. I don't, I've kind of come to that point in my career where I'm like, I just want to write for me. And I, I don't really care if it gets published, which yeah, is yeah, probably yeah. a bad attitude. But to me, I want to. No, read. But, but, but I mean, it's good to, I mean, remember once I, I was in Finland once where I had this, this kind of a conference and there was a, a very depressed, dark Finnish poet and, and, and yeah. the, the topic was how do you imagine your readers while you're writing and yeah. i asked him well how do you mr yarmo that was his name how do you imagine that your reader and he thought for a while said i don't have any readers and i don't want any readers which is kind of a, <laughs> okay. this is a kind of a strange attitude towards uh, writing a very strange one i would have never but no, I would never thought of that. You shouldn't try to please them. I mean, you should not try to please your no. writers. But imagine that there is another another reader who is as smart as me am, or as dumb as I am, uh, and there is. And if I like it, perhaps somebody else likes it. But, but you need that, to be. Yeah, that's how I look on it. Good yourself. Otherwise, you shouldn't try to get it published. Yeah, because when I I first started, I was like, oh, I, you know, I want to fit into what the publisher's voice or what the publisher's promises are, and uh, it, it, it is impossible to write that way. It, you know, I I respect Absolutely. the people that can do it. I take my hat off to them, but I realized my voice was very different and it didn't fit in with the ordinary sort of. And they I don't know what I, they want either. I mean, that they no. can just so so. I mean, yeah, trust your voice and write what you want to write and what you want to read, and then that's there is there are no other solutions. Trying to yeah. please, of course, you can you can write bad books or bad novels, but what's what's it's not the point? Yeah, I did that. I wrote one bad novel, and somebody said uh, to me, "This is not your best work." And I went, "Okay, this is the moment that's going to mean I stop." doing what the publishers asking me and it's indie publishers so it's not like they you know these are just people that are are getting into the business themselves or they have a company that they've started and you know they're learning the ropes as they go 
And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to take a title or take, take, you know, five words and turn it into no. your book. I'm not going to do that. Um, and I was proud of myself. I, I, I wrote Marie's world and I sold out and then I had to leave that mm. publisher. Yeah. You know, and it happens. And I thought they, Marie's world was my, my long shot book that i did mm. and the fact that it did as well as it did amused me mm. um and me and my co-writer you know we got it into shops in new york in la and it sold out mm. but the company would not pay for visas and would not oh, pay for oh. fuel <laughs> so we were like Shit you happens. want us to do all these tours but you're not doing media you're not doing you know and then they turned around and said well that's what your advance was hmm yeah oh my advance was apparently the budget for the for the market uh -huh. yeah yeah good good idea <laughs> i i was like okay that that's not good um and i went to these signings and i ended up being like you know the car salesman where you're holding onto your book and you're saying yes. mm. uh and i did i managed to sell her every store we went to um and it yeah it was a lot of fun um yeah yeah i know but what I miss it. I miss it. I have not done a book tour in a very long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I travel. I COVID I as well. So. I lived what? What did you say? I said with COVID as well. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it stopped sure. a lot of the touring. So. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, but I mean, other people with musicians or or actors or whatever they suffered. I mean, being a writer, I mean, you can still sit in the same place and do whatever usual business. Sort yep. of. So, well, so, sort of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, other other workers in this cultural field they, they suffered much more than 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 we did actually. So oh, yeah. yeah, I I, I the the only thing I would say that made us suffer was we didn't have oh, no. the same social interactions. <laughs> no, you yeah. know that 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 would have been like the only thing I could put my finger on and say that did hamper my writing, not having the social interactions that. Mm -hmm sitting in a coffee shop and you're you know you get to watch all these people and they don't realize that you're you know no. you're picking up what they're saying <laughs> and how they're saying it and then you can use mm. that for your own work mm. um i did miss that i i, I must admit so mm. how are you finding going from the swedish crime scene to britain and and the sort of british crime scene how are you finding that transition well i <laughs> Perhaps I didn't find it at all, but I mean, it's the I, I lived for for four five years in in the UK, mostly yeah. in London, and I went to. But I mean, uh, I think that when I came, because before that I came to New York, and I was a bit nervous because I'm realizing that oh, this is where they publish uh, all these bad and, and and some good crime novels, and I said that this is going to be strange, but it wasn't strange because a reader is a reader everywhere, and they're the boy, they're the same even in in the UK and. But they read Swedish crime fiction for different reasons. I mean, I realized yeah. that. I mean, because in, in, in the UK, you, you started reading Henning Mankel. That was the first hit. And then then when um, uh, when he started, what's his name? Uh, started playing Wallander. Oh, which, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the famous, uh, never mind. But I mean, and then that was around 2006. And that same time, the Millennium series by Stig Larsson came out. It was a kind of a, a real boom for for Nordic crime fiction, but I mean, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 I think it's 
a reader is a reader. A, sto yeah. a good story is a good story, and so should be a good story in any country. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I know that in the in the U.S., for instance, they I love your books. They said, but I don't know why I love them. Which is a story. <laughs> I, I should tell them why they like my books. And I said, perhaps it's a it has to do with the pace, because yes. in, in the U.S. is always a very quick one. That there is a there is a cliffhanger ending every chapter. There is a sex scene, uh, somebody dead in every other chapter. So it's too. Yep. And always with an eye to Hollywood, of course. But, but, but I, in Sweden and in Europe, we are we have a slower pace. We do, like, yeah. Like yeah. I said to this gentleman who asked me, but yeah, but I mean, I I like, I like the British crime scene because, of course, I read yeah. all the, the the great Brits, of course, and and even the new ones. So, uh, yeah. I also a, think with with America, it's a case of attention span is yeah. not maybe yeah, yeah, sure, as sure. long. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's why they have to do it the way that yeah, they yeah. do it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas have, we can get, we've minutes. got that attention span yeah. that they don't. So. Yeah. Because that's what I, with this, what's this famous guy, James, P James Patterson. I mean, yeah, with the chapters, right. no chapters are more than five pages. No sentences more than five words. No word contains more than five letters in a way. Yeah. Uh, I drove me nuts when I read his. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You notice the techniques, though, I think, as a writer, we read differently than other readers as well, because we almost pick up the techniques. Like you picked up James Patterson's little tricks that he had of, of mm. not having long sentences, having short chapters. So I think as almost as a writer, we absorb so much because we're sponges. But at the same time, yeah. we learn from each other. You so do. we're all colleagues in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And I think also where we come from, I think Scandinavian countries particularly, I think storytelling is in our blood. Because if you look back to where our ancestors came from, Vikings would tell stories on boats. They would tell yeah. it in the huts. You know, women would have to come up with stories to keep the children entertained because there wasn't TVs and there wasn't no, Game no. Boys and all this other stuff to keep them really interested. And I think it just showed my age, but hey-ho. Yeah, but, and I mean, <laughs> particularly, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly yeah, you know, because and, they wrote the sagas in, in the uh, in the 11th, 11th century. They started with this fantastic literature so on Iceland and because there was not much else to do, but I suppose no. that people told stories all around the world. So I'm not sure whether this is a particularly Nordic do you do you do you consider you consider Shetlands as a Nordic country? Yeah, I do. Yeah, good. Yeah, I do. because I, really I, like... I feel like we were we were a bargaining yeah, chip, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, we we should never have been given away. Um, no. and I I think Norway re Norway and Denmark regret it because when the oil boom happened, they yeah. they lost out on that. That was but, that but was I mean Denmark thing. Denmark they don't have any oil, but the Norwegians have oil enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. But, but still, yeah, yeah. And and yeah. it's I think that's crazy. And what as a Shetlander, you know, our dialect got reduced and reduced and reduced and reduced and reduced over the mm -hmm. years, over the decades, because they couldn't keep the island they always say pure, but I don't agree with that. But they, they couldn't keep the dialect going. Um, and then when the Americans were there and the British were there because we had the, the radar system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just made it worse. Because mm. Shetlanders then yeah. had to realize that they had to talk proper English yeah. 
so that they, you know, they, the but soldiers many, and everyone could Shetland understand. How original Shetlanders are there? How many people live on the Shetland Islands altogether? I mean, they're, they're 20, well, 25 to 27,000 a year. Yeah, it's nothing. It, you know, we're, we're yeah. a small islands. We've got 64, yeah. you know, in, in islands, but we are the best fishers. You know, fishing yeah, is yeah. second nature to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's this unique thing that we have a lot of inventors that come out of the islands, which people mm. don't realize, mm. you know, like the, how fish is transported throughout the world came from yeah. the islands because they figured out the whole way to keep ice cold. So the fish would stay cold. Yeah. 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 And yeah. they figured out transportation of fish. Do you, um, do you know, the, there is a Norwegian writer who wrote a book called uh, swim swimming with a, with a drowned. Have you heard of it? Oh yeah. Have you read it? I've not read it, but I have heard of it. My grandmother read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she struggled with English, and I remember her picking it up. Um, We didn't think she could read it all, but it was the fact she could read Nordic, but she couldn't read English. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And that always fascinated me, and that was because she lived in the upper islands of Yale, which is the further north you can go. Um, So she talked more Nordic than she she talked English. Mm -hmm. She um, did in Norwegian. She was, yeah, she really yeah, was. Is anyway, I hope it's translated into English because it's a wonderful book and it takes place on a lot of it takes place on the Shetlands. Yeah, so, uh, yeah Shetland yeah. is magical, I think. Ah, yeah, Shetland really is, and I think when we have the writers' conferences up there, you, you know, you have the nights where the sun doesn't set and you're yeah. you're eating this does, uh, amazing Cleves, food. And... Does she live there still or? And Cleves, you know her? She left. She yeah. left after her husband died. I oh, think yeah. that really, that ended the series was when her oh, husband yeah, passed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I met her a number of times and, and I thought she was still living there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she did. She lived there and wrote there for long enough. Yeah. Um, Fair yeah. Isle or where? where Fair Isle. Go? Fair Isle, oh, yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. so. And she did live in, I think, Scalway at one point. Scalway oh. is a small town. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's actually a Shetland writer you should read, and her name is Marzi Taylor. And oh, Marzi Marzi Taylor is amazing. Marzi Taylor. Yeah. yeah. She writes murders on a fishing boat. No, murders not a fishing boat, a, fishing. a sailing That's boat. A sailing boat. Does she yeah. write on a sailing boat or do the murders take place on a sailing boat? Both. She Aha. writes the murders on the sailing boat, usually when she's sailing. Wonderful. Which I think is amazing. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and especially for for people who like books with a slower pace. Sure. And hers is very much logically thought out and very to the point. And I like the fact that there's so much support for her in the islands and she's Mm. now starting to make her way into Norway, Denmark in that area. Yeah. And that's through the tall ships. It's through kind of... That whole thing. I I will send her link to you after we do this because I think you would really appreciate her style. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially if you're you're an Ancles fan, because she's mm. yeah. But she taught me for a while, um, and she was one of the first people to spot my talent. Mm-hmm. And she went, "You can really create an atmosphere." Mm-hmm. But yeah. I started off verbally. 
creating the atmosphere because it took me a little bit longer to get to the the, the writing skills mm. uh being dyslexic you know sometimes you you advance in some areas really fast and in other areas it's like a snail's base <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. writing was mine so yeah. mm. Mm. so in a way like now we're kind of talking a little bit about books what was it that kind of what was the book that you would say that you read most recently that you were like this is a book that's going to stick with me for a while this is a, this is a good book yeah i get this i get these questions somebody and i always forget what did i what did i just read <laughs> i think um, yeah there is a danish writer called kirsten torvald she i'm right i'm reading it now and it's going to stay with me i'm sure it's so it's a uh, it takes place in 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 München in 1942. It's a there's oh, a okay. there is a Danish woman and she she thinks she's a kind of a half Nazi and she 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 lost her husband because he was fighting in Finland and he got shot down in Russia or somewhere. Yeah. Uh, then he travels. She tra she's a, she's an upper class woman and she travels on this pack train into Germany during the autumn of 1942, which which is when everything happened, and oh, she's. Wow. It's a very private thing, and she's she's visiting a, a friend in in München, and they're describing what what it is like. It is describing what it is like, or what it was like to 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 live as a woman yeah. in in uh, in München during during these years, where every every man is gone. There are only women, and there are people from the Ost. The they're working for them. She's a rich woman. It's it's so good. Yeah. It's called. I, I, oh. I have to try that. You'll have to send yeah, yeah. the it's, name it's the and the link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful and heartbreaking, or not heartbreaking, but also you you realize that it is as if she was there. I mean, to to get this, the feelings that you have as because she's when she comes, she thinks that that Germany, this is this is wonderful country. It's going to yeah. be law and order, and everything's going to be fine. And then she realizes this is cracking. And, yeah, it's worse. Yeah, uh, it's wonderful everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love uh, that because um, I just I started diving into one of my novels, which is actually about, you know, the the mission which was called the bus that went over to Denmark and Norway. Yeah, the white buses, or yeah, yeah, yeah. like the no, no, the the fishing boats, and it ah, was called yeah, the yeah. bus, and they they rescued soldiers and refugees. They actually helped coordinate the uh, the royals' escape, uh -huh. um, and it was. They laid their lives down. They had no training. This mm. is fishing boats they took out to sea to feed communities that they were then sort of changing to make it so that they could smuggle people out. Yeah. You know, and it was, a, to me, that was an incredible story. My grandfather was involved in that. In fact, mm -hmm. both of them were. And to me, that was just absolutely amazing. And I, I think that I can it's taken me a very, very long time to write it because I wanted to capture that that feeling that mm. you were describing of, of actually physically being there. Yeah. Um, and then sort of growing up in this sort of middle class, upper middle class, mm. I was able to sort of capture the last Earl and Lady of the Islands mm. um, because we had a Scottish Earl and a Scottish Lady which, who never really did anything for us mm. in the islands. I don't yeah. even think they really visited us. Um so yeah we kind of take that and we sort of use that as the catalyst to tell the stories yeah, yeah. of these men but it's, this is complicated women. complicated writing it takes a lot of research and a lot of yeah 
and I spent a lot of time kind of listening to my grandmother and going to the care homes and I I listened to many different people Mm -hmm. because my my grandfather was terrible for saying I'll be five minutes and you're sitting there for like in the waiting room for 30 minutes like Uh (laughs) yeah where you are you granddad like you know so I got to talk to a lot of people and I was able to sort of absorb Mm. you know what they were talking about and Mm -hmm. it is taken so long to get it I would say to the point of love where you can actually feel like you're slipping into that that time zone and that life Mm -hmm. and you get to really live it and you get the excitement of this young younger crowd you know they're coming up behind these women who have no clue really no understanding of what's what, what's about to hit them and how their lives are going to change yeah. and i like that kind of that that innocence and then you, yeah. you get destroyed yeah books like that i think stick with yeah, yeah, all sure. of us. absolutely absolutely yeah. well that's my goal is to to make it so that i tell that story but i make it stick with people so yeah, yeah. If no, you had... I mean, it, it's, it's about creating I mean, atmosphere is an is a yeah. very is an overused word, but still, it's I mean, creating the atmosphere and 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 in 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 a good way. Yeah, you and you need to know how to do yeah, that you need and to step know a lot into of stuff it to be able to do it and yeah. to pick the right details, etc. So, yeah, it, yeah. it is a case of writing what you know. I have learned that over the years, like writing what you know, has a much more touching approach. It yeah. really makes people believe it if you're but writing from yeah, yeah, yeah sure. you know. but it's also it's 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 in a way i think it's funnier to write about things that you don't know and you have to learn these things uh, yeah uh because if you yeah learning writing, learning yeah, is good yeah but, but you realize that this this guy doesn't know what he's talking about he or she but i mean otherwise yeah you should that's an old uh, that's yep. an old rule that you should all write about what you know not what you not know yeah yeah, and it, it is used here in the class a lot. But it's good to have a wild guess at sometimes and to, to yeah. try to write about stuff that you don't really, when you start, you don't know about it. And then during the process of writing, you learn about it. Yeah. And, it. So, yeah. and I, I, one of the things that we, we had in Shetland growing up was we had the Viking mythology. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like when I'm writing in that area, it is, I don't have to think about it. It just comes yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, the characters sure. just come. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I like just being able to sort of tap into the old stories because mm-hmm. I went to, I went to all the digs. I loved going and learning about them. I didn't like getting cold, but I, <laughs> I like to go and see it and experience it. And there's something magical. If you ever get the chance to walk through the ruins, mm-hmm. uh, the Viking ruins, you yeah, can yeah, honestly yeah. feel like the ghosts are reaching out and touching you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's I went, spooky. I, I went to that museum I lived in, I lived in, in, uh, I went to Lerbeck and so I, I've seen the museum you're talking about and I've been, yeah. I, I've been to, to Uppsala where I lived in Sweden. We have also a Viking museum there. So it's, uh, of course, but it's, it, it seems. I'd love to see that you know, one actually. You know what you're talking about when you don't yeah. have to look for things, you know, that this is the, these are the stories. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love it. It's, I, the one thing that I hope to bring back is that we're, we're in the process of starting our own family is I want to bring back Shetland, the, the Shetland names, um, yeah. which makes my, my husband look at me like I'm going to do <laughs> But Shetland is trying so desperately hard to fit in. I kind of want to bring back the family names that made Shetland what it was. 
Yeah, what and, for instance, what names, for instance? Uh well, my great grandmother was called Gilbertha. Gil um, Gilbertha. Gilbertha, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is an old Shetland name. Yeah. Uh Sholto was was my grandfather's second name. So he was Magnus Sholto. Oh. Um in Shetland they have a tendency to have a lot of names. Yeah. Uh -huh. So like my grandfather was Robert, John, Ferguson, and there's another one, Bane. Oh. You know, <laughs> it was like they were going down the alphabet. They're like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that sure. would have worked. That would have worked. You know, yeah. Um, and that's a tradition in Shetland. You know, you name your children after your favorite relatives. But yeah, 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 yeah. the caveat is, you you start to A and you're you're trying to get to Z. <laughs> oh, Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. which I love I think it's brilliant but I'm not having that many kids <laughs> no 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 but still yeah yeah and that's the other thing Shetland families have gotten so much smaller yeah but it's families are getting smaller most parts of the yeah. western world I suppose yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. harder though to raise a family in Shetland yeah. though but because I mean, it's, it's so expensive yeah, yeah but I mean Iceland is the same I mean you never meet I mean there are at least seven six sisters and brothers or so yeah. So used to at least in the old days. In the old, yeah. I mean, nowadays I I have friends who have five, five kids mm. or less. Yeah. There's never, you know, there's never the great great sized families anymore. I mean, no. my my grandmother came from thirteen. My grandfather came from eleven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's but almost it's, this. It says something about the 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 uh, the rule of the woman. I mean, it's the the, uh, yeah. the emancipation thing is that if you if you're going to have ten children, what is your, you know, you don't. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Write books. You can. So it's uh, of course it's. Well, you could you could stick them in a pen and write for a couple hours and then yeah, pick them up. Yeah, and, probably the know. only thing you could do actually. <laughs> yeah, you would just have to be really good at time management. I think. Yeah, that's what I see. Yeah, because my, my grandmother was a professional knitter. She was a professional what? Knitter. She knitted oh, yeah, jumpers yeah. and things like that. Oh. Um, she was part of the Jemison Wool Factory in the islands. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's her family that owned it. And she was incredible. Like, that's how she paid for her two kids. Mm. You know, she, even though, like, Bunty worked, uh, that was his nickname. His real name was Robert, but everyone called him Bunty. And he worked as an, you know, he had all these different jobs he did and he was never, he was never one for wanting her to go too far from home. So she, to keep herself sane, she, she kept knitting and she'd been professionally knitting since she was eight years old. And that's what paid for things. She yeah. made baby blankets and she made yeah. jumpers yeah. and she made yeah. clothes for the family. And, and that was how she, she made the money. Mm. Um, and I, I just, I have this undying respect for her for that because it's not easy. No, but, but I mean, if you, if you suggest this life to, to a girl of seventeen, she would say, no, thank you. I don't want to be a knitter. I want to be something else these days. I mean, yeah. But of course, it's yeah. because it's the, the, these generations are, are they are so much worthy of our respect because what they did and, and the yeah. hard circumstances, etc. While. Yeah. Uh, well, we are the, perhaps we are the, at least in Sweden, the Finns should just say, you are the kids of the good days, good years, because yes. we didn't part in the yeah. first world war, not in the second world war. We just stayed outside. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. I, I feel like kids nowadays take that for granted because at 17, well, sorry, at 14, I was told all I was ever going to be was a wife. 
You were told uh, that from, yeah. but who, who told you that? My teachers. <laughs> and my, I had Lovely. some family members that said Wonderful. it to me. You can stop studying, yeah, for a while. I got really rebellious at that point. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, I just fought off this horrendous condition and you're telling me I could just be a wife. No. <laughs> but they also told me I wouldn't have an education because they, they honestly thought that, um, that I was not going to be capable of learning. But I proved them wrong. I graduated high school. Now I'm at university. Okay, I'm at university at 33 years old, but mm -hmm. I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, you uh, know, you know what you should have told her. Anybody can be a teacher. If you don't, if you can't be anything else, you can be a teacher. And yeah. If you can't be a teacher, you can be a gym teacher. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's <a> simple, <laughs> I was, I was a teacher for 25 years. I know. Yeah, I yeah. was a learning support teacher for children with special needs. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was at the, I worked in a normal school, a state school from thirteen to sixteen, basically the the age. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was weird because when I was sort of doing my hires, well, my my what you would call the exams, I was sort of sixteen years old. I had a dance program running, uh, which rescued a lot of girls from underage pregnancies ah. and things like that. Um and I set up these programs and I left for like twelve years, came back, and the program had grown. So everything I had set up before I left grew when I wasn't there. Wonderful. And uh, yep. that was my mark. Like I thought, yep. well, if I don't make it as a writer, at least I know I've put change into the community that's Good. going to last yeah, for a while. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's excellent. I mean, because I remember I was a teacher for, for 25 years and I I probably made my mark as well. I hope that, that the, and I know I meet my pupils and we, we made a lot of, I mean, funny, we, we made uh, theaters, musicals, etc. So and they had a lot of fun, but at the same time, it was, it was serious in a way. So, and they, um, yeah, and you're teaching them, them skills. They're, they're, kind yeah. of, they're grateful. So, yeah. but it's good to leave a mark like that because if, if you, yeah, you never yeah, know what you leave as a teach as a writer. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny because I I look at the kids and there's the dance program, and then I look at the drama program, and the drama program, I I started that when I was eight, and I I dragged people into it to keep it alive, and yeah. then I had to fight the directors almost because we did a beautiful um, Norwegian. Norwegian story called the ice palace I don't know if you've read it mm. and it's about a girl who falls into the ice and she 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 dies and these two girls are fascinated by that story fascinated about the area and they they become these really close friends but it turns out that one of them is actually the ghost of the girl that was in the yeah. ice yeah and they they're drawn back to that time and place when she she was frozen to death. I, it, it was such an emotional story. I got it from the get-go, but it took took my friends a little longer to get. But it was like, I love doing those stories. Mm -hmm. I was not a fan of doing Lord of the Rings or, <laughs> you know, those kind of ones. I was like, ah. I like the Selkie stories. I, and mm -hmm. I grew up with those and I thought those were brilliant. And the drama... I would say the drama group's doing okay. It's still ticking over, and I I've left my mark there, but uh, I do look back and think, 
can I have done more there? You know, like yeah, you, yeah, you sure. always second guess yeah, that, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, it's the, the always, you can always, but I mean, be happy about the things you actually did instead of regretting the things you didn't do. So yeah. And I, I'm one of those people that usually I look either completely ahead because I don't look from day to day because day to day can sometimes be depressing or I look, I sometimes look glance over my shoulder and look back and think, oh, I've survived a yeah. lot that yeah. I'm here. And you so, know, my yeah. age, I mean, I'm, I'm 72 now. So you, you're, uh, you look in the mirror and see what happened because it's the future is perhaps it's short for, for all of us. I'm not sure. It what is, yeah. Well, yeah. but it, it's, it's a world on fire these days with the yeah and, uh, that scares me almost because like it's scary yeah it's scary because yeah. so, so, i mean uh, we've we've got all the issues with russia now sure you know that that's we, looking we, like we, a every, we, anybody we can see it we can read about it but yeah we can't do anything about it it's so no, it, you, you can protest i mean the the women in iran i mean they're shooting at them because they're just they want to show show their hair it's i mean it's it's yeah it's horrifying so it but the a, Middle East, I think, has always been that way. Yeah, to yeah, be fair. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's, but, but still, I mean, we, 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 and I, we, I think we made it worse by going in there. Probably, like we did with the couple of hundred years in Africa. I mean, I mean, we went with the, the everywhere we've gone, we've not made it any better. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> we no, should no, just no. stay out stay, of it. Stay on Shetlands. <laughs> yeah, like just get yourself an island and just yeah, don't yeah. leave it. Because I live on Gotland, which is an island. I. I mean, I uh, I know I'm going to Ireland in in in, in I'm going to Germany in, in this oh, wow. out, but I mean, I'm more and more getting against traveling. I mean, one day I'll say no, 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 I will never leave Gotland. I will stay here until I my my days are over. So I uh, I, 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 I must admit, I mean, it's I, a way of hiding, unfortunately, but still. Yeah, but I think though, as writers, we love to do the interaction, but we have times where we we want to be. I don't want to say reclusive, but I can't think of a different word. But we do want to have that time where we close the front door and it's mm. our bubble. You know, yeah, it's yeah, our place. Yeah, yeah. And we can just get lost in our worlds and our creations. Yeah. That to me, like what you're saying to me is is something I've heard in the islands my entire life. Mm. You know, my, my grandfather, he traveled for a lot of his younger years. But then when he got to a certain age, he's like, nope, we're going to Shetland. We're staying there yeah none of us is leaving yeah, um yeah. and he hated his kids for going to university uh -huh. you know? he wanted them to stay on the islands he wanted them to learn tradecraft he wanted them to yeah. to be there so he could take yeah. care of them and he could keep an eye on them yeah. shetland is a beautiful safe place it does have its problems now we're we're now having a major problem with drugs um oh. and you know the xenophobia is worse now than i think it's ever been um, I said because it's an island because it's it's yeah you, you, yeah it's, it's that idea of outsiders coming yeah, yeah, in yeah. and destroying because, because it's, it's the same with Iceland because I because usually they are they are the what they call the cleanest country in the world because yeah. before the Americans came but I mean still it's it's a and they know their ancestors back to the 13th century everybody this yeah we do too Shetland is the same yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, no, I love. I'd love to see Sweden. That that's it's on my list of places. And my husband looks at me and he goes, "You're gonna moan your cold the entire time." <laughs> but uh, which you think from Shetland, I wouldn't feel the cold, but I I do, and it's it's funny because I I went to Lapland when I was five, and I loved it. But now that I'm older, I hate the cold. 
Yeah, so but I mean, in, in if you go to Lapland in Sweden, north, that's a dry cold. The problem oh, is that would Lapland be better. And Scotland, yeah. even it's wet cold, which is it yeah. can be 30 degrees up there and it's fine. If it's yeah. it'd be six degrees here and windy and wet, and that's far worse. So it's if it's a dry cold, it's fine. Yeah. So I I don't like the wet. I, I must no, no, I don't like the wet. No, no. And it's not good for the arthritis. I found that like <laughs> it is awful for arthritis. But when I was in Los Angeles, it was like a wet heat. Yeah. And I was like, eh. mm. I liked, I love the sunshine. And the sun did wonders yeah. for my my arthritis. But I was aware I could feel like the humidity in the air. And it, they kept telling me that it was, you know, they were having a humidity wave, which wasn't yeah. normal for them. But I mean, did you go to New York? I mean, New York in July, it's hopeless because it's a wet, it's, it's, it's a it's a humid heat that is you can't. They had they they were dry. They were dry this past July. So it's uh, yeah. Yeah, I have friends that stay in New York, and they they got hit with the heat wave before we did, and they mm. they said July this year was the driest month they've ever had yeah, yeah, yeah. in years. Um, but we're having horrendous heat waves here, and mm. of course. It would be nice to have a building with AC in it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, that's that what we can do. We can build houses in Sweden. We, I'm, you know, I know I, I'm going to Ireland in, in next year, as I said, and there it's always wet. But I mean, we have, and I had friends living on Ireland for five years, and they said, oh, we, we need to move back. We can't, we can't stand it because we didn't build the house ourselves. Yeah, the yeah. Whole, and yeah, that, that's a very Shetland thing too. You know, we, we, we don't like... I mean, I find it uncomfortable because a lot of the places I've stayed, it's not houses that we've built. Um, and there is that kind of connection to the earth and the island where mm -hmm. you want to know you've made that home. That mm -hmm. home is yours or that craft is yours. Um, but it's very, because it's so expensive to go back. A lot of the islanders are really displaced because they want to go back they want to build but they can't so i I'm, I'm trying to find that balance down here where i can find somewhere that feels like me because obviously i can't afford to build somewhere but but to feel like it's me mm. um and i would say shetland's gotten worse weather wise to be honest i don't know if you noticed it but uh we've got a heck of a lot more wind than we've ever had oh yeah yeah I mean, this year I think they had a hundred knots. Yeah. Which is like the worst it's been in yeah, yeah, in yeah. so yeah. long. Like and it was it wasn't like a day. No, no, it was like a few days and the boats couldn't get in with the food and yeah. the mail couldn't get in and, mm. and people started panicking. And you know, you'll you'll know what the double freezer. Like you always have mm. like one freezer, then you have like in another room that mm. what yeah. we call the ha coffin yeah. freezer. That's yeah. just like full yeah. of meats and stuff. Mm. But um, I remember going to uh, the one time I went to Shetland's was so going by plane from Aberdeen, and all planes were all, all these flights were cancelled. Yep. But then, but there was an open hour for, and then I, I think eight planes, eight aircrafts took away at the same time. Yeah. That was the that, only open hour for the day, too. but that was. That was rain and and fog because usually they can they can they can fly in in, in the in the wind. Yeah, yeah, I think they've learned to fly in the wind. I think it's yeah. it's a hellacious uh, learning period for the the pilots. Yeah. But did you find it scary coming into Sumbra with the just being able to see water on both sides, or was that not too scary well, for you? No, no, no. I'm 
I mean, no, no, I'm I'm too old to to, to be scared. Uh, yeah. Really, I mean, it's the the, and I can imagine that I'm every time I go I fly. I mean, this might be my last minute, but I read. I'm reading a good book, and it's a good way to go to have a good book in your hand. So no, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. That. I agree, because like I, every time I've got up with other family members, they're like, "Oh no, he better hit that runway," and, I'm, yeah. and I'll be sitting there with a book, thinking, "Could you just, yeah. just shut up so I can enjoy the book?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure, read it. Have you tried reading a book? Yeah, yeah, I, I hand them something. I I have gotten to that habit of I take a book for me, and a book for the person I'm going with, <laughs> just so that I can like say, yeah, "Here, sure. read that." Yeah, you because know, I don't want to deal with it. I'm awful. But I do it to my husband as well. He's not a reader. Yeah. And we'll be, you know, we'll be traveling north and uh, I'll hand him a book and be like, here, mm. read this. Yeah. And he'll look at me like I've grown two heads. <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> like, I don't want to read that. You know? Yeah. Uh, if you had infinite time to sit and enjoy just reading, what author would you say you would pick for that? Um, I mean, I would like since since you read so many of the classics. I mean, I mean, I read Dostoevsky when I was between twenty and twenty three. I would like to read it again, yeah, uh, just to see. And I was very impressed by it. But at the same time, I didn't understand it really at that time. I would yeah. like time to read all the all the the classics. I think. Uh, because uh, when yeah. we reread something, I think we we always take something new from it. Because yeah, 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 our understanding changes as we of grow. Of course, I mean, because you, I mean, I mean, I also you reading. I remember my daughter. She said when she was fourteen or fifteen, she's a, she's an avid reader. I found a new writer. His name is Franz Kafka. Have you heard of him? Yes, <laughs> I've heard of him. He's so good. She said, "Good God, I think you're 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 fifteen, but I mean." And she yeah. read all of it, and she she enjoyed it very very much. But I still, now she's forty, and if she picked it up again now, what would she going back and to see? Because you have a different mind, you have a different experiences. Exactly. Things. It would be. I would go for the. I think I would go back to the classics that you read. Yeah. In in the in your twenties or whatever. I I started off reading Catherine Cookson. Yeah. And that's a woman. I have undying respect for because she wrote exactly what it was like. There was no bells, there was no whistles. No. And she captured that middle class. Yeah. Because she was the serv she worked in this, you know, as a servant in a big house and she yeah. had the blood disorder and, and that they couldn't cure at the time. Mm. And she couldn't have a family her books were her kids and yeah. she had such i mean i'm staring at her collection now and every time i read one of hers it still touches me yeah, it's yeah. like the, mm. she used to kick up my ass that i need to write sometimes yeah. yeah because i think well she was dyslexic she wasn't diagnosed she never had help she yeah. never got an education and she wrote over 60 books yeah you know, and I, in the end, she couldn't physically write them herself, but she sat with a, a dictaphone, yeah, and she would tell the story into the dictaphone, and the editor would write it out for her. Mm. And I thought, isn't it? I mean, it's heartbreaking that you sort of, but I mean, that is what, and I think that the, uh, but I mean, writing and reading boils down to the same thing in a way, because because, 
a real reader, you know, you know how important it is to read a book and what a book is, and to write a book is even better because then you're you're in you're in you're in charge of everything. So but, I think you're adding something to the world too. Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're giving the world something unique because other people might not connect to no. something and you give them that at different perspective put, yeah at least you put words into it because the thing what's happening in, in when you're reading a good book is that you realize ah oh, this is exactly what it is like to be a human being and only yeah. i didn't I, I wasn't able to put words to it myself but this guy or this woman they they put words this story yeah. I could have written this story if I was good enough, but but otherwise it's uh, thank you for 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 putting these words to me to explain these things that I couldn't explain to myself. And and this yeah. is what literature is, I think. That you if you read a good book, you get this sensation that you ah uh ah -uh, this is exactly what it is like. Yeah, and I I, I had that. I don't know if you've ever come across Leslie Pierce. Huh? Leslie Pierce. She's this oh. amazing British writer. She wrote this book called The Gypsy and it she wrote like you know America always sort of um makes everything seem rosy and everything's great in the States and stuff. And she wrote this great book about people who emigrated out and not making it. And yeah, yeah. the what it was really like. And you follow this girl with a fiddle mm -hmm. and how she makes her entire living off of this fiddle. Mm -hmm. that's all she has yeah and she goes all the way to oregon and the struggles that she goes through to get there just it, it is the most amazing journey i've read what's what's the name of the book gypsy gypsy, gypsy. and pierce is leslie pierce yeah leslie pierce, no. and it that is a woman that will literally just suck you into that book and you vanish. What what's her background? Did she know about this stuff or or, or she 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 researched, yeah. Uh, she yeah. was yeah, she's a she was one hell of a reason. You wouldn't think she did research it though. Uh -huh. That was that was what I loved about her because she comes across as as if she's lived it. Yeah. And every book is different. Like there's not one book to the next. This is the same. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And that's what I admire about her because she, that's she's hard. Still alive. She's still alive. She's still writing. Yeah, she's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she sold over three million copies in the UK of one of her books alone. Yeah. Her biggest sellers include Gypsy, Faith, and Hope. Uh huh. And she lives in Bristol with three daughters and one grandson. Mm -hmm. And she's she's done. She's raised like issues about abuse and inequality, and mm -hmm. you know all these amazing stories that just send me would never be told. Send me an email with a name and and a few titles. I'll pick her up. Yeah, she's yeah she's her and Catherine. I would say you know if you really uh, want to get to that middle class real world. Yeah life you know um yeah I, I words can't words cannot justify her uh yeah. <laughs> she's you know and i have never gotten to meet her but i would have absolutely loved to have met her um mm. because she was you know she's still alive in that but i would have loved to have met catherine 
Catherine mm. was she was made a dame for her work. Yeah. She changed people's opinions in, in India. Yeah. That was where she had her biggest success. Uh-huh. And I think that's incredible if you think about it. Um, you, you know, some of her work there was just really amazing. She mm. she tackled racism way before we ever had a word really for racism. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the same with like class. She tackled the class system. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think those kind of books they yeah, do challenge your thinking. As you say, they they yeah. they bring so much meaning to 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 the life of the readers. It's great. yeah, and I I I think that when you're reading people that have got that just very unique style mm-hmm. and that really lovely kind of world mm-hmm. they create you learn so much and you can yeah. do so much with that yeah um and she did like mini series so you get like marianne sashness or the malin family which was to do with the malin streak if mm-hmm. you're nordic everyone knows Mm-hmm. But Malin if you're Nordic, because 99% of us end up with it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so to, for me, that was that was pretty incredible uh, yeah. to, to, to read that. And she did, you know, she brought up like inappropriate relationships was another one um, in Round Tower. Um, so, yeah, I'll send you a list of you. Yeah, them, send, me, send me a suggestion. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're beautifully written. Yeah. Uh, but if you really want the class one, the dwelling place was was the one that she did. Um, and that was about a woman who is taken advantage of uh, by people of the upper class. And then the upper class decide mm-hmm. to take her child. Um, yeah. And it, it's, it rips your guts out, but in a yeah. good way, because I mean, you, you feel yeah. like you're learning. I mean, I'll, 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 when we stop, I'll Google her and see, because this is a, yeah. yeah. See, this is what I love about the Book and Life podcast because you learn and you share yeah. authors. It is a colleague inclusive mm-hmm. world that I've created. Yeah. yeah. And I think I everyone mean, that very, comes on has it, that feeling. It's, you know? it's, it's the best grip of reality that you can get. I mean, it's from literature. It's not from, it's not from, from fantasy. Stuff you need. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. yeah. If you could sit and talk to any author, past or present, who uh, would it be and why? If I had to what? If you what? could sit with an author, yeah, past or present, who would you choose if you could sit and speak to them about anything? Well, I've, I've had the question before, of course, but I don't remember what I would, because there are so many that were running, but so, so sure. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a hard one. I, I, for me, I, I'm of course, I, you, you were on my list, so I've got to tick you off. But, yeah. Are you William Shakespeare or are you somebody else? I would I would say to William, and it doesn't exist. It was sort of this somebody else. No, I don't know, really. There are so many. I could pick 10 of them and to, to go to, to a desert island and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and I, make I... them read aloud from their own books to me. <laughs> so you could hear it. While I'm eating grapes and drinking a glass of wine. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be. I, you know, how long have we spoken? I need to take the dog out. <laughs> I don't know, actually. Uh, 
It doesn't tell me. It tells me that we've been one and a half hours. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's pretty good, isn't it? It just flew by. It flew by. It really did. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, but, I, but, if you have to go, that that's, I mean, it's been yeah, amazing yeah. having Maybe, you. Yeah, and... the dog needs to go. He's, uh, yeah. Is he, is he pawing at you? Hmm? Is he's he staring at, at me. He's staring at me. I say, "What are you doing?" And you're just talking in a language I don't understand. But he doesn't. <laughs> <understand the language. laughs> My cats are normally like that. They're looking at me, going, "Feed yeah. me," you know. Yeah, they, and but, they they always they accuse you of something. Hmm. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like accusal phase. Yeah, I yeah, know that phase good. well. Well, it has been amazing having you on and yeah, to sure. talk good, talk good. with you yeah. and. Yeah. When your next book's ready and you're you're getting ready to do your next media tour, you'll have to come back and we can yeah, yeah, sit sure, and really sure. talk about it. I think that I, would be I awesome. I know because I'm going to force them to do the next book. I know which one it is. It, it's going to ah. be a left-handed league. Hopefully. Oh wow! It's a sick one. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that you you couldn't take any other book. But I mean, I want them to have the, the left-handed league. So that should be where Barbarotti is in it. And also the other, Van Wieter and the other guy, they meet for the old ones. So, and that's... Oh, all. I'm excited now. I want to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Because uh... the way you left the axe movement, I'm like... But if, they say no, but if they say no, you have to learn Swedish, I'm afraid. But we'll come back to that. Oh, well, I, I will take lessons. No that's, problem. That's not you, an issue. Shetland, you can learn any Nordic language. <laughs> it, it, it's weird because I do speak... Um, I did the Nordic test and I understand 85%. Of Norwegian. Yeah, of Norwegian. I yeah, just can't yeah. speak it, but if no, I'm no, listening to it, I can know, understand yeah. it. Then, then if you need 85, then you understand at least 75 of Swedish because it's it's the same thing. So. Oh, is it? I did not know that. I yeah, thought yeah, you guys did completely right, different. I, mean, I, I, can read, I can read in Danish and Norwegian and I, of course, I understand both of them easily. Yeah, yeah that's, that's weird. Afrikaans, which is interesting. Afrikaans, oh. you know, the, the Dutch that is spoken in South Africa when they got there, it's even easier to understand Afrikaans because it's an old, it's very yeah, close. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's old, isn't it? It's like yeah, the old yeah. Norse, yeah. yeah and like that, old... that's the basis of Shetland was, was yeah. old Norse. Because yeah. I don't know how many times I've been speaking Shetland and thinking, ah, nobody can understand me. And then somebody will turn <laughs> around and look at me and I'll be like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's been yeah. lovely having you, and I cannot yeah. wait to have you back. So thank you so much. You have made my day by coming on today. And, thank you, uh, thank you, thank you, and I'm I'm, I'm appreciate your views of everything. It's it's been nice talking to you, and uh, I might come back to Shetland one day. I would love that. I would love to be your guide, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. I uh, I know some places that you'll never know about. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a beautiful the uh, back. Mukilafluga is that one. Yeah, I will. I will have to send you um, the link to the island that's for sale. Yeah, they're actually it's selling an island, island in Shetland. Ah, yeah, they're selling a whole island in Shetland. Holy cow! Nobody can afford it. No, it's cheap. It's cheap an island. It's cheap. Is what it, it, for for an island? Like if you're thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, but I mean, everything is so pricey to to buy a lot to buy a house and and the Shetlands are. are... Well, it's it's seven hundred and fifty. Sorry, seven hundred and fifty-seven acres. Uh -huh, yeah, yeah. And it's completely, like, it's completely its own, you know, little uh, island itself. Oh. Um, it has a seven seventeenth-century mansion with four receptions and six bedrooms. 
uh, its own farmhouse, its own caretaker's cottage. Um, it has a watchtower, you know. Are you going to buy it? Oh, I wish I had that kind of money. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, but for an island, you would think, okay, that's a couple billion, but it's only actually 1.7 million. Yeah. So, you know, that, and it's an incredible, absolutely incredible place to, to How see. long has it been on the market? Just gone up. Yeah. Just gone up recently. So yeah. Be and it, next week. It, no, it'll not be. It'll be a long time before that sells. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I I think the islanders want it to be a Nordic person that takes it over sure. because we're trying to keep it in the family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But as I said, been absolute pleasure having you on. Please, uh, yeah, yeah. let's do I'll this again soon. You, you see to your cat, I'll take care of the dog, okay? Yeah, so it's like a... And welcome back to the Book and Life podcast. Today is a special one-off review that we'll be doing for several books coming up. And I had the distinct honour and pleasure to do a review for an upcoming release for... Hankin Nasser, a Swedish crime writer who's making his uh, plunge into the UK market. And uh, I just got to read it and the book came out uh, today and um, I'm feeling exceedingly excited about sharing this with you. I have not read a crime book like this before and I really felt like it was superbly done. The grief and the loss of the wife is just great. I mean, from the get-go, you get the sense of how he loses her, how much she meant to him, the cycle that they go through, the desire and love that they have for each other. And emotionally, it was drawn out. It was made to hit you when you least expected it. And it was such an easy read. The introduction to the female officer and the inspector chief is stacked with contrast between grief and officer, between somebody who was divorced and finding their way and somebody who wasn't, who'd lost their partner through tragic events. We learn of a missing persons case and hear about the different cases that the suspect was uh, in the centre of. And the concern that the officer maybe didn't fully investigate it or investigate it properly. And you get the sense of the lead um, hero just not being sure how to work with this case and how to work being newly grieved and whether he, you know, he can even be an officer anymore. And I think that question gets raised a lot of trying to balance his grief and his new life. The writing is smooth, it's relatable, and it's it's just really well done. There's a good balance of accused murderer and the grief which stalks both the detective and the suspect. And we find he has faith, and that's his tool for overcoming the damage of losing his wife. It's his, his way of dealing with a really difficult, hard situation. As you out the pages, you're introduced to the suspect, Dallin, through snippets of looks into her life, what led up to her first um, suspicion of murder and what she'd gone through. But we're also seeing 
Gunners struggle and stumble through his grief and not really understand, you know, what he's supposed to do, where he's supposed to go. And you're seeing the different levels, but they're very similar levels to, you know, his journey and her journey are very similar. And we kind of get to understand and they get to understand each other. And the connection to the children is so deeply explored. And it is so well thought out of. It is detailed. It's meticulous with its presentation. I could not say enough good things about it. Gunner has his own thoughts and wishes on Anne-Marie and... Well, sorry. Marina. Marianne, I should say. I'll get there eventually. Uh, Marianne. And Marianne really has been his entire life and his anchor and his the thing that makes him who he is and she sends him this letter after death that she had given to her sister and that seems to really help him and it seems to bring him through a lot of the pain and the hassle that he's he's dealing with and you get the sense that he sometimes gets paralyzed with grief and that was a very stark reality to what a lot of people who lose their partners feel like they go through like a piece of themselves has been taken away. He starts to realise that the police screwed up both of the cases he's investigating and he wants to talk to Billy, the victim's cousin. and But he can't track down Eleanor. And this is like a, a thing throughout the whole book right up to nearly the end is he can't seem to track Eleanor down and he needs her in order to answer the questions that he has and for him to finally be able to understand who committed this murder and why? And if you think on it, it felt like the detectives suffered one time of sorrow and Ellen suffered a different type of sorrow, but both were played by it throughout the book. The lead up to why he's on the case ties in with a dramatic twist and that turns the story in another direction. And near the end, you get another really dramatic twist that turns you a different way. It has so many emotions for you and it will leave you questioning what you thought at, from the very beginning of the book. It will make you um, seek out the answers and want to know what it is that you're missing. And the author takes on takes you on one hell of a ride and it's, the ending isn't any letdown. It is really, really well done. And in the coming uh, months, I will be reviewing um Hanker Nessler's series and I will start with book one and every month I will try uh, the to give you a review or give you a review of some of these special books that's been coming in to me from the publishers. You will hear with um the in special one of interview that I'm doing for the 18th of September, you will also get this incredible um review of Adam Hamber's um, story uh, that he has sent out to me and I, I cannot wait to share with you um, my thoughts on that and, and what what it really means to be experiencing these new and incredible novels and um, I have to say I'm feeling very lucky and I'm feeling very honoured with all of you um, who are helping me with this podcast and who are listening and sharing it with your friends and family and I can't I really can't wait to see where this this journey is going to take all of us and uh, the more 
amazing authors we have on it, the more I am feeling excited about the future. But I will leave you here and uh, I will be back next week with another review and uh, even an awesome interview for all of you. So these are one-offs, um, so keep your eye out for some extra one-off little treats and uh, I will see you again Monday.